Hello, a warm welcome to the Women's Rugby Pod. She's Rachel Burford. And he's Johnny Hammond. And we bring you another bumper show today on the Women's Rugby Pod. All the news from around the game. We've got Lydia Thompson to talk to us about Worcester, but also the Red Roses as they prepare for their test match. Two test matches, I should say. Back-to-back games against France. We've also got... uh, News from inside the French cap as well as 15s and 7 star Chloe Pell joins us. And also had to get some reaction from Exeter Chiefs. Garnet McKinder joins us after their historic first ever win in the Alliance Premier 15s. But before all of that, Berth, quickly, how are you? I'm very well, thanks, Johnny. How are you doing? Very well. Matching tops today like that. Very good. That's not good for our listeners, is it? Because they're listening, not actually seeing us. Um, but yeah, fourth win from four. Skipper, well done. Yeah, yeah, really proud um, to get the win. Um, tough place to go, quality side. And thank God we're only playing 70 minutes at the moment. <laughs> yeah, it was um, <laughs> some, some great skills um, on show. I thought the stadium was was a really, really good venue for it. Uh, and it was a lo- lovely old day. Um not a smashing time. So, no, it was great. Anyway, look, let's dive straight into it. A really, really busy show. So let's get Red Roses star, a lady who knows her way to the try line in the big occasions and against France. It's Lydia Thompson. Well, what an absolute treat this morning on the WRP. It is a very, very warm welcome to Red Rose star, Lydia Thompson. Good morning, Lydia. How are you? Morning. Thank you very much for having me. It's nice to meet you both this morning on Zoom. <laughs> yeah, everybody looking bright and breezy, actually. Although um, you are belying what's probably going on with your body. You're probably in a reasonable amount of pain. You've done your arm again. Yes, yeah. I. Um, it's, yeah, <laughs> not the ideal start to the season. Um, but yeah, I'm uh, out for the next couple of games, unfortunately. Oh, that's a a real shame. But look, anyway, you've been fully immersed, obviously, in, in Worcester's uh, start to the season and obviously the England camps as well. So, um, yeah, great to, to have you on. Let, let's deal with country first, shall we? Great end to uh, the last Six Nations and then rolling straight into the the, the double France. But um, just what does it mean to, to someone like yourself who's who's been involved with the Red Roses for, for a long time to, to get a back-to-back Grand Slam? Oh, it's huge. I feel like... Um... Since I've started playing with England, it's been a really tough thing to get a Grand Slam. Uh, the competition's been so so intense. We've always had a tough game against France, especially France away. That's always a, a tough fixture to have. And to do back-to-back um, with the, the everything that's been going on, it's an incredibly incredible achievement for the Red Roses, something we're very, very pleased with. And within those camps that, that you've been in, involved in... Um... What 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 are the changes that we 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 can't get away from the fact we're under eleven months now to to World Cup? What have been the changes? Obviously, some some personnel changes, a little bit of youth being sprinkled in, and, and having a look at these sevens players as well. What's what's been the differences for you? Yeah, it's been really exciting having the sevens girls come in to a few of our camps uh, last week. Some of them getting capped for the first time, which was fantastic to see with Helen Helena um, deserving that cap. She's a fantastic player and there's been a really nice feel, a really nice buzz. I think everyone's just been loving picking up a rugby ball again, uh, making the most of, of playing and, and especially with everything going on, feeling very grateful to be in the position where we are having the okay to play um so yeah i think the last couple of weeks it's been fantastic to have everyone in the same room albeit two meters apart and uh having a rugby ball back out on the pitch where we all want to be as as much as nice as it has been to um focus on our fitness and focus on our skills and and get on top of them it, it's not quite like playing a game of rugby what i wanted to know with the sevens players coming in who are you still the fastest <laughs> Probably not. <laughs> I feel like there's some really there's <laughs> some very fast players. Like it's exciting. Um, they're very young, very talented, and I think a really good reflection of um, girls coming through the system now. Uh, a lot of these players have played since you know four, five. Um, they've been they've 
pretty much known professionalism from the age of 17, 18. Um, and they're very fit, very fast, very skillful. Um, so, yeah, it's a pleasure to kind of have them with us. Um, very unfortunate for them. And, like, I hope um, the Olympics goes ahead. But we are reaping the benefits of having them in the Prem and um, having them at England training. So, Obviously, France, back to back now um, over these next two weekends, over there first. Jaxie, just, just playing the French th- themselves, it, it quite often comes down to a moment, um, whether that be you know, beginning of this Six Nations, that, that one of our flow by Amber Reed and, and the angle by, um, yeah, nobody. Nobody's <laughs> perfect. Hey, uh, Emily Scarrett. And, and obviously the year before, Sandy Park yourself, that uh, unbelievable try. What is it like to, to, to play against the French? Um, like, they are a fantastic team. That's why we wanted this sort of fixture, I think. Um, we were obviously planning summer tours at Tunisia and Australia, but that changed. And so to have to be able to play the French who are just across the channel and have such a competitive tour, like two games is, is great for us. It's exactly what we need. They give us a really good picture because they've got a fantastic scrum, um, you know, notoriously strong in their forward pack, hard carriers, and then a lot of flair in their back line. Um, they've got an array of kickers. They've got a nine that can can create magic from nothing um so we're really pleased we can play against the french team you know and um i think it's going to be a good good game to challenge us and see where we are we are at at the moment um because like you said the world cup's not too far away it's, it's within the year now uh which is amazing and we want to have games where we can feel like we're able to be challenged and reflect and learn and grow and get ourselves in the best place possible. And just to describe for, 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 for our listeners what it's like to, to, to play in France. That's down at the uh, Stade d'Alpe, isn't it? Down in, in Grenoble. You, you've played down there. It's um, right on the foot of the mountains. It's, it's quite a, almost like a, a spooky rugby ground. What, 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 what is it going to be like to, for those girls to be running out of the weekend? The whole going to France, playing away, it gets cold uh, um, there. It, it's not the easiest conditions. There can be a strong wind. It, like you said, it can be quite eerie. There can be a bit of a fog like we saw last week in Italy. That was amazing. Um, just the conditions that you get when you play away can be very different to what we used to. Um, and then, yeah, like the whole playing in France getting into the stadium you're going into these stadiums that are huge very big you know some of the girls this might be one of the biggest stadiums they've played in to date and it's just that whole atmosphere from the start you know you're going into battle you're going to play against a very tough team that they want to get past you they're going to do everything they can to win and um you you feel that you know about that from the whistle like the, the tackles are hard you know you're on the floor you don't want to be on the floor for too long you want to get back on your feet get back in the game um I'm not saying anything no. um and then you <laughs> nothing said that but um yeah you definitely feel it when you've got the ball in your hands that they want to stop you <laughs> Lydia obviously uh Worcester making a, a few waves beginning of the season a couple of um Slightly, slightly less successful weeks over the last fortnight. How's it all shaping up? We, we know just the strengths of Joe Yap, and on paper, it seems like a, a really, really good squad. You know, you've got some experience there um, yourself, Laura Keats, uh, Lindsay as well, and then a, a real smattering of youth as well. Yeah, we're not we're not happy with our last few performances. Uh, we've done some things good, but we've not got the wins, and we've not put the team performance out there that we would have liked to have put out. Uh, Lots of reflection happening. I think we've got a lot right this season. Our management team is fantastic. We've got some extremely good individuals coming together and creating a really good platform for us as a team. You know, like you said, Joe Yap is incredible. A lot of experience. She's worked really well with young teams. Obviously, with her experience with England under-20s, and we have got quite a lot of youth. Um, in our squad so I think she's very good at teaching and and growing and um, helping uh, developing players so we're really lucky from that perspective but yeah I you know obviously I'd love to be saying yeah we're winning and it's great and we're having a fantastic start to the season but you know it's not quite there yet 
I'm really hopeful it's going to start changing. I think it's not through lack of um, players wanting it to be better. Um, we're, I'm so impressed with the professionalism of the players. Like they're all obviously got full time jobs. Same with um, you, uh, at Quinns, and the dedication I see day to day by the players is it's phenomenal. Um, they're all in the gym after work, uh, doing their conditioning, doing their extras, the analysis that goes on behind the scenes. So I think we're, we're growing and we're taking steps in the right direction. Just be really nice to see that out on the pitch. <laughs> what went wrong? I mean, obviously a bit, bit of history for yourselves at the weekend, the first side, sorry to say it, to, to lose to, to Exeter. Um, why did it go wrong outside of your, yourself leaving the field? Well, perhaps that's the only reason. <laughs> don't think it's the only reason we've got good we've got good enough players um on that pitch um to be honest i've watched a bit i've watched the game back a little bit i reviewed it um and i think we haven't had our team analysis yet um so it'd be interesting to see what we get from that um i think we just didn't really offer much in attack attack personally we didn't really threaten them um, that often with ball in hand. So um, that's probably something we'll be looking to change. Um, I think defensively we were pretty strong um, and putting some good hits, but X to work their way up the field and we just gave away far too many penalties. Um, and if you're giving away penalties and they're getting territory, kicking and going for line outs, there's not much you can do when you're in your own 22. Uh, so, yeah. I think we've got a lot to learn from from that. Maybe more game management style stuff, which I think would be where we are as a team. We're quite young and, and learning how to manage a game is, is a hard skill to master. You know, I'm still learning. Um, but so, yeah, lots to learn from that game. And it is a shame we lost. I think we'd have liked to have won um, that game. Yeah, I think you're right, Lydia. Like, there's there's still plenty more growth to, to happen, but you're certainly starting to see it. Like, the start yeah. of the season, how you guys opened up was was brilliant. So, definitely plenty more to come. And um, I just wanted to finish with a a bit of a personal question around kind of injuries because I've known you a long time and I know that you've suffered through quite a few of them. But I have to say that you're one of the most positive players around injury. Your outlook is really good. You're always thinking bigger picture, right? What can I use in in this space? And I mean. For people who don't know, you're one of like the best world class finishers. Like, if you're mm-hmm. fit, you're on that team sheet. You're starting, nominated for World Player of the Year back at the World Cup 2017. So, like, how do you like mentally, physically turn kind of bad times and injuries around into such a positive outlook, and then come back being the better player than if it was even possible than beforehand? I think it'd be a really nice message for you know, young girls out there that get an injury and kind of see that it's doom and gloom, my career's over, we're done. I mean, and just knowing you and how much of a great positive outlook you have on it, can you give us, us um, you know, some advice for our listeners? Oh, oh, thank you, Beth. Um, gosh, uh, I think, like, looking back, I don't regret any of my injuries, and I think that's a really good starting point, is that every injury I've had, I've learned so much from. And I think at the time you don't you're like why why has this happened? But um, you know my injury in 2014 uh, World Cup meant that I really grew a, an amazing relationship with physio uh, Lou Davis. Um, she used to be at Worcester, and I think it made me really grow as a person, take more accountability for my body. I rehabbed that so well um, with her guidance and I just felt so much better for it. So I don't regret any of the injuries. I think they've all been at a point in my career that then have propelled me to go on and do better. I think the 2017 nomination of World Player of the Year was incredible and I do put that down to the fact that I'd had quite a run of injuries going um, into that season and had really started to prioritise looking after my body, how I train, I, how I move, how I go apply to my gym sessions, the whole like approach to my um, my management of myself, I guess, uh, was pushed because of a couple of annoying injuries. Um, and then, yeah, this one, I mean... <laughs> It's funny because I think we we 
like I try and be positive but there's also doubts there's also worries um I think that's true for any player I think it we we we, uh, think we shouldn't feel negative or we shouldn't worry or we shouldn't be sad but of course I am I'm having all those emotions and experiences and I think I'm at the stage of my career now where be lovely to just play a season and you know get as much rugby in my belt as possible and feel confident but that that isn't the way it is at the moment um making a whole load of acceptance for that and then you know I've already been in touch with Lou Davis a physio and um started to to take action and I think that's so important for me it's like what can I do next you know can I get ice on my injury can I start to look at the rehab what other like training can I do you know I've already started doing my conditioning on my bike so I've got experience now that you, you can't just stop with your fitness like this could be a few weeks of an injury and so I don't want to be held back I want to be back on the pitch as soon as I can be so um it's starting to get that like you said bigger picture like this is still a world cup year um and any action I can do now will put me in a better place so yeah um that I'd say to anyone that's young and having injuries, it is part of it. It, it. it isn't smooth. It's not easy. Like, I remember getting my first cap and thinking, oh, right, that, like, I'm an England player now. That's awesome. Not really realising that that was just the start. Like, getting your first cap felt like such a huge achievement. Like, took so long to get there, you know, all the talent development trials and the... England coaching sessions where you're getting smashed by Maggie Alfonsi and you're like why am I doing this um to get that first cap felt huge but it was like a drop in the ocean to then what you have to do to continue to get caps to continue to play for England to continue to develop like there's always new fantastic talented players coming through the system there's been lots of wingers um during my time that are just world-class and um, I'd say any of them could be still playing for England now, you know, like the likes of Kay Wilson and Tash Brennan and, and Kat Merchant, from Matthews, Fee Pocock. There's been some just world-class wingers um, and it's just the way it is with England, isn't it? But if you never know when your last game is, you never know when your, your one injury is going to be too big to come back from. You just try and keep taking action, try and keep focused, um, build a really good team around you, um, make sure you fill yourself up with lots of other nice things, um, seeing friends and and keeping a really good positive outlook on it um, has been really important for me. What a what a fabulous message, uh, Lydia. We we will leave it there. Um, thank you so much for your for your thoughts this morning. All the very very best with um, recuperation um, from the injury. And yeah, always a, always a pleasure to to be in your company. So th- thanks thanks again. Oh, thank you very much for having me. It's been lovely chatting to you both. Lovely to have Lydia on the pod. She's such such good company. Speaks incredibly well. She has had just huge amounts of of injury worries. She's one of those thoroughbreds, isn't he? Who seems to seem to pick up these uh, these injuries, but never without a smile on her face. So much positivity. Yeah, like I really feel for a really bad time for her to get injured. She's just she's she only just turned around her last injury, so yeah. it's really sad to see her. Uh, you know, at the time of when they're going to be playing against France. But as you say, um, you know. She will be hurting and she will be devastated about it, but she is a very much forward-focused person and she'll be thinking about how she can make herself, you know, get herself back on the pitch as fast as possible, all whilst being really supportive around the team um, that are going to be facing France. So we should really have a look at that uh, Red Roses squad, that 30-player squad that was uh, announced this morning on Tuesday. Some fairly familiar names in there. Uh, Beckett, Brown, Sean Brown, Abby Burton uh, is a new one in there. Poppy Cleal. Cocaine, Cormbra, Lark Davis, Detasha Harper, Sarah Hunter, Laura Keats, Heather Kerr, Alex Matthews, Harriet Miller-Mills, Marley Packer, Moina Talling and Abby Ward. Backs, Holly Aitchison, Jess Breach, Katie David-Clean, Abby Dow, Zoe Harrison, Meg Jones, uh, Ellie Kildunt, Claudia McDonald, Amber Reed, Leanne Riley, Helena Rowland, Emily Scarrett, Kelly Smith, Lagi Twema. Your thoughts... 
Yeah, I think it's, it's a pretty um, exciting squad. I think there's a lot of familiar names that you would have expected in there. But, you know, really pleased to see someone like Laura Keats back in there. Probably hasn't been on the international scene since rupturing her Achilles back in 2017, um, just before the World Cup. Um, so really excited to see how she goes. Um, obviously, Alex Matthews, want to see her on the ball a bit more. Good to see Emma Burton getting a shot as well. Been playing really well at, at Wasps for, as a back rower. I mean, back row is just so much competition is heating up there. You know, you've really got the strength of Poppy Cleal, Marley Packer and Sarah Hunter. And then you've got the likes of Miller Mills, Matthews, Burton all coming in. So that's exciting. Um, same with Holly Aitchison, Meg Jones, Langi Tuwima coming back from injury after a long spell out. You know, just picking up on, on what Simon Middleton you know, spoke to us about on the pod regarding these two fixtures and how much of a great opportunity it is for him to to see different combinations. I mean, we're four rounds in of the Allianz Premier 15. A lot of players have been putting their hands up that he hasn't seen before. So, you know, it could be an opportunity to see the likes of Laura Keats or Abby Burton, Meg Jones, you know, having an opportunity in this England side. So it'd be really exciting and interesting to see where he goes with selection this weekend. Um but yeah, I mean, it's a strong squad. Whatever way you look at it and potentially whatever combination you put out is going to be a really strong squad taking on France. Yeah, and I, and I think very limited game time now. Very limited game time between now, now and the World Cup. What, England are in, in the Six Nations of 2021 are at home to France? So actually, in, in terms of a going away to a place that you know is tough and we know that there aren't the crowds and what have you but actually going away to a place that you you know is tough and a proper proper competition they're going to have it is going to be interesting to see what that that selection is like and whether he's going to force possibly some less established players to to stand up and be counted and and take some some leadership roles we we will wait with bated breath but um yeah really really looking forward to to seeing that one well that's uh news from inside the england camp Let's go to the other side now, go across the channel and get some news from inside the French camp as Chloe Powell joins us on the podcast. Hello, you lovely people. I'm Shauna Brown and you're listening to Women's Rugby Pod. Excited to say that we're joined by Chloe Powell, the French international, not only 15s, but 7s as well. She also plays a club rugby at Chile Magazine. How are you, Chloe? Because uh, I think we, we find you right in the middle of French camp at the moment. So uh, h- how is everything there? Yeah, yeah. we arrived on uh, Thursday and uh, we've been training uh, first with small groups to make sure that we, there's no contamination if there's one girl that has COVID. But as of right now, no one has. So we can play and, uh, and train all together. Oh. It's quite great night. So if we can just touch on you on, on club rugby for, for a moment. Obviously very well known for your exploits uh, in the French Sevens shirt. But you're back playing with your club in France. How nice to be back playing some 15s uh, and back within that club environment. Well, yeah, it's cool actually. The, the girls are all great. You have uh, some different uh, types of play because, well, when you play seven, there's a lot of space. And when you play 15, you're like, okay, there's too many people in the field. It's weird. (laughs) Get out of my way. (laughs) Yeah, you have to adapt to that. But yeah, it's great. And the girls are are really nice. So it's it's fun playing with them. How has camp been? Great. It's cool. It's nice to have uh, to see the girls again because it's. It has been a long time, like a year or something, since uh, I wasn't able to see the girls. So, together again. Has much changed in that year? Or is things still as they were when you left? Uh, the group atmosphere hasn't changed. The girls are always nice and we have fun and we just make jokes about them, pretty much everything. <laughs> uh, and, well, we have improved. Obviously, that's the point of training. So, yeah, no, it's... I'm actually quite uh, eager to play with them. And I think it's quite unique how you play, you're playing prop in 15s, <laughs> yet you're an international sevens player. Like, that doesn't happen very often. And I, I think you're going to get a lot of props now in the 15 side game. <laughs> you know, I could do that. Chloe can do it. I can do it. I can hear Sarah Byrne right now thinking, yeah, I can give sevens a go. 
Yeah, yeah, sure. I know it's weird. It, actually, it was the the idea of uh, of my but the coach uh, from seven and fifteen. Uh, we were playing. We were training for the 2017 World Cup. I was a winger at the time, and they said, "Hey, do you want to be front row?" And I was like, "But I'm I'm a winger. It's okay. Why not?" <laughs> and, and then I just trained at front row and uh, say, "Okay, well, we'll take you on the right prop." I say, "Sure, uh, I'll be there." <laughs> First game I played, it was against New Zealand. I think honestly, the girl in front of me was like twice me. I was like, okay, uh, I'm gonna die. <laughs> <laughs> gonna pray. To look over you. How many games of of 15s have you played in the front row? With the French national team, one, two, uh, three, four. Four. Wow. And my club had uh, more, of course. Yeah. It's just a. Uh, it was like uh, for the. Um, for the seven World Cup, I was focused on the seven World Cup, not on the fifteen. So I played like one or two games, and it's more or less this uh, for three years. So. I think it's, it's amazing. It's so cool. It's like the fact that even though you're packing down against the New Zealand, and you're thinking, "Oh my god, she's twice the size as me," but the thing is, she probably doesn't have the handling that you have, the turn of pace that you have as well. So you're probably shocking a lot of people as well. Yeah, yeah. I mean. At least I, I have some advantages. I can play the ball. Uh, I can know if the I, if I have to be in the backs. I can play with the backs without too much problem. So, yeah. And for 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 a while, we have seen um, some of the French stars uh, alongside yourself uh, in the uh, in the sevens uh, squad, you know, um but also some some injured French players, the likes of Medri Mayers and. Uh, Diallo now coming back into the squad. Just, just how strong do you think this this French squad is for these two games against England? Well, pretty strong actually because we they we trained together and they um, we start training more. We have more time to train uh, this year than last year uh, together. So no, uh, and uh, the the group is quite mature. So actually we. I think there's a quite strong squad, and well, last time we played England, we we were really close to winning the game. So, <laughs> and you, you still got that um, in 2018, wasn't it? I think Johnny, when you you stole Six Nations for us in like the final play in Grenoble. So you've got good history there as well. Yeah, yeah, we we like playing over there. It's uh, that's there that we actually won against New Zealand the first time. It was in Grenoble. Uh, if I remember correctly, and same time against England. So, yeah, we like that stadium. But usually there's more people than there will be. There will be. Well, Saturday. Yeah, I mean, we do always praise the French, how incredible the atmosphere is there when you, when you do have crowds in. It's unbelievable. It's one of, I probably think, you know, most players who have ever played in France say it's one of the number one places to go and play. I mean, obviously you had your Six Nations game against Scotland was the last outing. Obviously you yeah. saw England at the weekend. I mean, are there some things that you guys are focusing on going into this game and maybe what sort of kind of things are you looking out for from England? Well, we have to focus on our game because if we focus uh, on other games, we, we won't be able to to play what we want to. Of course, we know that England is a really strong team and that they play really smart. So we have to be careful about that. Uh, but mostly we're going to be focused on us and on how we are, we will try to destabilize uh, England by playing our game. Because if we try to reinvent the, the game every time uh, we have a, a different opponent, it's going to be a, quite tricky. Yeah, And like you say, most encounters against France, they're always tight. They're a couple of points here or there, one drop of the ball or one you know 50-50 decision by the referee. So... Yeah, I, I can hear you on, on not needing to change how you're going to approach your game and how you're going to play. I mean, is there anybody in that squad that you're quite excited to to see play for France? Uh, well, it's been a while since I played with Marjorie. I would like to play with her again. Uh, and uh, some, I don't know if you noticed, but there's some seven players that are in the large group. We won't have the team until a little bit uh, later this week. I hope uh, we'll be able to play together because 
I think we can go, do some great things uh, in the backs with all the seven players coming because we know each other a little bit more because we're playing actually together every day. Have you have you identified players from England that the coaches may have said they need special attention, we need to look after these these certain players or do you do you find <laughs> England strong across the park? Well, they are really strong all of them but there's yeah, there's like two or three girls that are a little bit uh, stronger, like uh, Katie McLean, uh, Scarrett, and Hunter. I mean, obviously that there's three uh, <laughs> three best players. Yeah, they're uh, okay. No. They're okay. They're all right, yeah. <laughs> yes, nearly, nearly, well, yeah, over 300 caps between them. So, uh, yes, absolutely. Chloe, I, I hate to hate to do this to you, but um, since the last World Cup, 15th, yeah. France have played 23 games. 15 wins, 8 defeats, 5 of those defeats to England. <laughs> T- tell us why it's going to be different on Saturday. Hmm. This time we'll have uh, all the 7 players that uh, even if the, the, the girls that usually play are really good too, but it's just the seven players. We have a little bit more uh, sense of we play uh, well together because we actually train together every day. So they are really great. And there are some girls that are actually incredible, like Gabrielle Vernier. She's a really, really good tackler. I saw her tackle girls like twice her size like it was no problem it's just that when we play together we are more used to where she's gonna gonna go just by seeing her pace nice and you're at home in Grenoble a stadium that uh, that you like will be without the crowd but uh, yes it's not an easy place to to go and play Chloe look we'll, we'll wrap it up there thank you so much for for joining us really appreciate it all the well, we, we, as English uh, men and women, we, we, we say all the best, uh, but perhaps not all the best, if you know what I mean. Yeah. <laughs> well, French, I mean, I always say that it's like compulsory. We have to hate England. Because <laughs> even though we like you, we, we it's like in, in our DNA, we have to. And then we like you afterwards. But uh, Yes, the the feeling is the feeling is mutual. Chloe, thank you so much for joining us. Thank you. I'm Sarah Hedenay, and you're listening to the Women's Rugby Pod. Well, let's get you up to date with some of the results from around the world. There's been plenty of rugby down in Australasia, uh, New Zealand. It was their possibles against probables game, wasn't it? The possibles coming out. 28-19 winners in the North Harbour Stadium. Physical old encounter which brought together 52 of the best players in New Zealand following the uh, the Farah Palmer Cup. They also did some uh, some great work supporting the Graham Dingle Foundation, the Upside Downs Education Trust. AIG donated $100 for every point. Fair play to uh, AIG who are a wonderful sponsor of uh, of most of rugby in New Zealand. Uh, in a wash-up, over $20,000 raised. So, fair play to all of them. Following on from that, the Blackfern squad was announced and, indeed, the New Zealand Barbarian squad as well. In that Blackfern squad, 10 new caps were announced. The side will be led by Eloise Blackwell with Kendra Cocktage, the vice-captain. No less older, of course, due to her injury. So, the Blackferns take on that New Zealand Barbarians. They're taking them on twice at the Trust Arena in Auckland this weekend. Looks from Australia. Canberra Women's President 15s lost 10-31 to Sydney Blues. New South Wales Country Women lost 15-24 to Sydney Blue. And then Canberra Women Presidents 15 played again the next day against Sydney Gold and again lost five points to 41. In Queensland, women's 15 select match Queensland Red versus Queensland's Green. We have searched high and low for these results and can't find them anywhere. So if anybody does know, please get in touch with us. And then this week, the fixtures are as follows. Sydney Gold versus Sydney Blue. New South Wales Country Women's versus Canberra Women's President 15s. 
and New South Wales Country Women versus Sydney Gold. All, again, are going to be streamed on rugby.com.au. Yeah, and Australia Rugby Union signed a landmark broadcast deal this week with Nine and Stan, which sees every Wallaroos test match being broadcast live. Really, really good news for the Wallaroos down there as they obviously are building their drive towards the World Cup. Time for uh, Alliance Premier 15 results. We can't start anywhere else but in Exeter. Let's get one of their stars on the pod now, Garnet McKinder. Garnet McKinder, good morning to you. Thank you so much for coming on the on the podcast in what is a historic week for uh, the club that you play for, Exeter Chiefs. Number one, how are you? I'm very well, thank you. Thanks for having me on the pod. I feel uh, very privileged. Wow, oh, it's our, 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 our pleasure. Um, had to get some, some reaction from, from Exeter. So, how was it? How are the celebrations? How, how's everyone feeling? Yeah, it was amazing. Obviously, we've been working really hard through pre-season and had, you know, a couple close-ish games in the first three games. So it was great to finally get a win in the bag. So, yeah, lots of celebrations to be had. Susie and Amy were very happy. Um, Still lots to work on. But, yeah, amazing to finally get that first win and hopefully uh, we'll continue on that streak. What what got you over the line at the weekend? Garnet, what, what what was it this week that uh, that, that pushed you over? Because you haven't been too far away uh, in the other rounds. Yeah, I think we've been working really hard on um, finding our shape. Um, in a few in the earlier games, I think we kind of got a bit lost. Still getting to know how each other play. Obviously, we've got quite a few um, internationals that came over fairly last minute. So, yeah, just trying to find our way, the way that Susie and Amy want us to play. Um, and I think we really did that on Saturday. And it just came together. You're a home girl, aren't you? You're you're from that corner of of the country. I mean, how is it settling like playing at Exeter? Is it a bit of a dream for you? Um, and you talked about there about you know learning about each other, getting to know because you've been at a few different clubs. I mean, how does it compare to maybe some of the other clubs that you've been a part of? Yeah, I mean, it's amazing. Like, I grew up in Exeter, so um, as soon as I saw that they were finally launching a women's team, it was a no-brainer to, to move back home again. Um, my mum's still down here, so it's great to be close to the family and the dogs again. Um, yeah, so I've been at Saris and Wasps um, in the past. Um, that was a fair few years ago I was at Saris and Wasps a couple of seasons ago. So I feel like the game has changed so much since then. This is definitely like the most professional setup um, I've been in. But again, times have changed over the last couple of years, but it's, we're so well looked after. The facilities are great. Um, first time, you know, we get food after training, match fees. So it really feels like kind of like the first time I've been a professional athlete. So it's awesome, really enjoying it. And the way that women's rugby is going, all clubs are kind of following suit. So, yeah, it's great. From the outside, and, and possibly this is the biggest challenge, you give us a little insight into... As you say, you've been to some, some very well-established clubs before. Your, your Wasps, your Saracens. Obviously, Exeter come together for, for, for this season. Um, f- from the outside, there wasn't a, a great deal of noise. Perhaps the sort of focus from the sort of media point of view um, w- w- was with the men. And, geez, you know, they, they've had a reasonable uh, f- few, <laughs> few weeks, haven't they? But it just seems to just sort of all of a sudden come together. And obviously... That sort of peaks at, uh, at the weekend uh, with the result. Just give us an insight into how big a challenge that has been to, to throw in Canadians and, and, and Dutch and English and, 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 and trying to pull together home, homegrown talent as well. Yeah, I, I, mean, I think it's been really difficult for Susie and Amy because um, at some points, you know, because of COVID, we weren't really sure whether they could get over here. Um, it was like lots of them were waiting for visas to come through, etc. Um, I'm living with um, Kate Zachary, um, the American captain, and um, I was kind of in contact with her, and I was like, when are you coming? And she's like, I have no idea. And then, you know, her visa came through, booked on a flight, and she was here within two days. Um, so, yeah, there were people kind of thrown into the mix very last minute. Um, so it has definitely been a steep learning curve for them. I think Kate came, I think she'd done two training sessions before um, the first game because she had to quarantine for a couple of weeks. So, um, yeah, it's definitely been a challenge, but I feel like they're really getting into the way that we play now. And certainly a lot of them are leaders, um, two of them are captains of their country. So it's great having people like that um, mixing in with the, the young talent. We've got um, 
seven academy girls as well that have just turned 18 they're all living together <laughs> so crazy um but yeah it's great having those young girls coming through they're pushing us um at all times and yeah we're really going to have some good young girls coming through in a couple of seasons time do you feel an added responsibility then as one of should we say that one of the more mature members of the squad that the likes of you and kate i mean within the house do you have little chats as to all oh, that young girl was sort of slightly struggling today at training did why didn't you have a word with her do you find an extra responsibility and do you thrive on that yeah, we do. We um we also live with um Paulina, one of the younger Swedish girls. So, um it's great having her within the house. We can have lots of rugby chats. But yeah, yeah, um I'm definitely mature, more mature now, getting uh, towards the end of my career, and I feel like um yeah, I've kind of stepped into that leadership role. Um, Linda, our captain, has asked myself and Patricia Garcia to be uh, the vice captains, which is awesome. Um, so there's lots of stuff off the field as well that we are doing, and yeah, having to you know speak to the young ones. It's their first kind of time they've been in a full-time rugby program so I can imagine it, it is quite intense so yeah keeping everyone's motivations up and off, on and off the pitch has been it's been a great like learning curve for me as well and I think will help with my career development off the pitch as well. I mean we've, we've touched a little bit with Susie after beforehand during lockdown about you know the ambitions of the club and obviously Exeter Chief, the men's side, came into the Premiership, built their way up and now are, you know, the best team in Europe and in England. I mean, so it's such a great platform to be able to learn from them. Is there a lot of learnings and crossover for you guys and and kind of diving into some of the things that they did when they were starting up a new team, looking after their homegrown, bringing in a couple of internationals as well? Is there a lot of similarities that when they started out that you guys are learning from? Yeah, I think absolutely. You do need, you know, those experienced internationals to pull everyone else up and for them to lead. Um, But it's great. Like the men's coaches um, watch our games back. They're giving us feedback. Um, And we actually do use um, the same kind of set piece and moves that that they're using. Obviously, we're tweaking it if things aren't working for the women. But we're kind of trying to go down the same road as them um, because obviously it's worked for them. It's taken them a while and it will take us a while to, to get to that point. But it's great having the support of the men and they really are you know getting behind us and interested and and helping us with the analysis etc which is great just putting my 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 paxman hat on for 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 a moment what what would constitute success in this first season for exeter chiefs uh, I guess uh, different different people would say different things. I know Susie and Amy are very competitive. Um, even like, you know, when we got a win, they're, they're always pushing us. We know that we, we can do better and we haven't quite reached our potential yet. So I think personally for me, I think it would be great to, to get top six, you know, cause some upsets, beat a team that, you know, might be top four that is, is unexpected. I think that would be great. And just really, you know, we don't want to be the new team anymore. We want to really make our mark on the on the premiership. Um, so, yeah, I think top six at least would be really good for us. She's coming for you, Beth. Yeah. <laughs> um, I was just going to finish with, obviously, then this weekend, you must be feeling really confident, buzzing, good feel around the team after the weekend. You know, seeing results for DMP, you know, this must be a big target game for you guys. Yeah, I mean, looking at um, some of the scores against uh, DMP, uh, we really know who the teams are that we need to, you know, uh, are going to be tough. So if we can go out there and um, put a good score on them, then hopefully, you know, other clubs are going to be thinking, you know, extra mean business. Um, And also, um, it could be a chance to rotate the squad a little bit as well, give opportunities to some of those younger players that haven't had much game time yet, um, get them on the pitch because don't want to throw them in against uh, maybe Quinns or Saris. Nice. Garnet, that's brilliant. It's really, really great to... Yeah, yeah. Them up. <laughs> uh, it'll be really nice. <laughs> Don't quite know why you're licking your lips, Berth. That's the... <laughs> um, Garnet, that's been really, really great to, to get a sense of um, of what's going on at Exeter and what a, what a great start to, to, to the campaign you've made. And, and huge congratulations. You know, dropped a little text to, to Susie yesterday just to say congratulations because, yeah, it, it, it is big. And... Um, yeah, you know, as Berth said, is it, if the, the men's side's anything to go by, and we know you've got some really classy people involved in, in your setup um, to mirror what the, the men have been doing, um, we, we we look on with um, great interest, and um, yeah, fingers crossed that it all goes goes particularly well. But thank you very much for joining us this morning. Thank you very much. 
Yeah, things certainly seem to be going in the right direction down at Exeter. And what a weekend it was for the league. There are four hat-tricks, that historic win we've just spoken about. Yeah, certainly all going on. So, yeah, confirmation of Susie Appleby's side, their victory over Worcester, 19 points to 7. Foxwell with that early try for Worcester, but uh, then tried some Holland to Tosi. And Delgado, her first start, got them that, uh, that first ever win. Big scoreline coming out of Wasps, 105 nil against DMP Durham Sharks. I mean, 17 tries, three hat-tricks, four for McDonald, a hat-trick for Boatman and Dow. Incredible scoreline. Yeah, I mean, that, that, that kind of game really, really suits Wasps, doesn't it? Berth, we, we, we've spoken already on this podcast about their incredible backline, which they strengthened again um, over the summer, um, not to to do down their forwards, you know, they had, look, geez, they had uh, Harry Miller Mills, Abby Burton, these kind of, these kind of players playing. Um, but yeah, that, that's the kind of game that, that, that would have suited them. That those, those backs that, that like a bit of space that DMP are giving sides at the moment. Yeah, absolutely. They, they want the ball in space with opportunity. Um, and 105 would suggest that they took every opportunity that they got at the weekend. Indeedy. So, uh, Sale Sharks went down 18 points to 40 against uh, Kim Oliver's Bristol Bears. Yeah, Bristol needed to bounce back, didn't they, for that, that loss to Loughborough Lightning the round before. Murray Powell, Nielsen with a couple of tries. Joyce as well. Nice little intercept from uh, from Joyce. Uh, but it was really, really good to see Sale rallying with a couple of tries from their Welsh contingent, Pearson Newman. Yeah, I think Sale Sharks probably be a bit disappointed. They were they were in that game at half time. It was definitely a closer scoreline. So I guess it probably just shows, you know, that that last twenty or fifteen to twenty minutes of a side that is new together, um, you know, close out can sound really easy to do or to hang in on a fight, but so that's probably just where, you know, lack of time together has allowed them to do that. But Still seeing lots of promising things coming out from South Sharks, but a, a very big response from Bristol Bears, which is exactly what Kim Oliver wanted from her side. And staying down at the West Country, Gloucester Heart retook on Saracens. Obviously, with no Natasha Hunt or Zoe Allcroft, the side were going to be up against it. But Millie Wood opened up the game early doors, crossing over. But then Sarries in good fashion, 12 minutes, they had a spell of four tries. Campbell, Clatt, a penalty try, and Hayward all crossing over the line in that 12 minutes. But they continued with a strong scoring with Evans and Campbell going for another two, making a hat-trick that weekend. Yeah, that was an absolute blitz. It's uh, a Lottie Clapp there, the Saracens captain said after the... Uh... After the game, it was almost like we we hadn't got off the bus, but um, they soon clicked into gear, and that is uh, that is some scoreline against Gloucester Harbury, who, who are certainly sort of a top six side, aren't they? But they do do miss that uh, that leadership from the likes of Hunt and and, and Aldercroft. And then finally, uh, your game, your Loughborough Lightning twenty four, Harlequins thirty three. He was lucky enough to be commentating on the game on that uh, that live stream uh, alongside World Cup winner. Natasha Moe Hunt, uh, and I just got her thoughts on the game after the final whistle. To be honest, one of the best games that I've seen in terms of the Premier 15s, I think both teams, you saw a very different style of play. Like Both teams wanted to play out the back. You saw Emily Scott in behind the line a lot, trying to get the ball out to the wings. Jess Breach, I don't think she touched the ball once in attack, but they were trying to get the ball there, which is really promising. And then second half, you just saw the Loughborough onslaught in terms of what you can do when you get the ball out the back and you give the ball to your speedsters in the width. Um, but Harlequins, just their game management, fantastic. They slowed it down when they needed to. They kicked to the right places of the pitch when they needed to. And that line out more, like, somebody needs to find a way to stop that. Otherwise, who's going to beat them this season? Have we learned anything new about these two teams today? No, not for me, because I think Loughborough have always tried to play that way. They've tried to play out the back. They've tried to get their um, speedsters onto the ball. They try and get the ball in the wits' hands a lot. Um for Harlequins, they're always an upfront team. Like they have outstanding backs, but they never really get the ball there. They never really fire in games. Obviously, the DMP game aside at the at the beginning of the year, they never really get them firing and flying onto the ball as we'd like to see, um, because their pack is so strong. And why would you fly it out when you've got that firepower in your pack, the subtlety of hands, the carries, the line-out drives? Like why would you? Why would you send it out when it's more of a high risk? So. For me, no, I haven't learnt anything new, but how do you stop it? 
That's the question. Uh, good to get Mo's thoughts there, uh, Berth. How was the game for you? Yeah, I think um, I think as Harlequins, we started really well. We started fast, which is something that we've been working on. You know, it's a tough place to, to travel away. We did that. We absorbed a hell of a lot of pressure um, from Loughborough. They were in our 22 a lot of the time. We were giving away a lot of penalties, free kicks. Um, so, yeah, I mean, we were, we, were in, we were pleased with our performance. But the, the last, I think it's like eight minutes, we completely take our foot off the gas. And you can't do that when you've got the likes of like Emmy Scarrett, Helena Rowland on the opposition because they can just turn it on. Um, and, you know, getting two quick concession tries at the end like that is not a good reflection of where we want to be as Harlequins. Um, so, yeah, I mean, happy with the win. Uh, bonus point, way a win. But there's still, we've got to sort a few things out. Do you not put that down to, you know, subconsciously, or perhaps this is, yeah, what, what you've got to work on. Um, you, you know you've won the game. And therefore, something deep inside you says, well, actually, I don't need to put that extra effort into that tackle. Um, and actually, possibly, is, is there is there something you you can do about that? Yeah, I think, I think it is a, a bit of that from everybody. But then when, you know, even if it, everybody switches off by 1%, that's 15% that you're now not focused or concentrating. Well done me on the maths. Outstanding um, maths. But, you know, <laughs> you know the, the thing is, as this Quinn side, we've got, we've got really have to turn that around. That story happened too many times last year against Saracens. Um, and if we don't, if we don't turn it around, then we're going to find ourselves in very similar positions where teams will turn us over or we find ourselves not getting into a game early enough because we're not as focused as um, as we possibly can. And it's something that we're looking into, um, but it's something that we, we've got to stop making excuses for. So what that all means is that uh, Quinns and Saris have made the perfect starts, haven't they? Uh, maximum 20 points for both of those teams. Uh, Lightning with a, a bonus point at the weekend, puts them on 15. Then Wasson 14, Bristol Bears 11, Gloucester Hartbury 7 points. Exeter and Worcester on six and Sale and DMP yet to get off the mark. The RFU have also just announced their the next round of live stream games. Um, so this weekend, I'm involved again, which is very, very nice. Saracens against Wasps, round six on the 28th of November. It's Gloucester Hartbury against Harlequins. Round seven, all Northern Affair on the 5th of December. DMP against Sale. 12th of December, it's a really, really big game. Harlequins against Saracens. 19th of December, Saracens against Loughborough. And round 10 in the new year, Bristol against Exeter. I'm Jill Burns and you're listening to the wonderful Women's Rugby Pod. So now we're going to bring you some other news from around the world. The Unstoppables online campaign will launch in November by Rugby America's North with the aim to highlight the exciting growth of women's rugby throughout the North Americas and the Caribbean. Indeed so. And just to obviously let you know that um, the international games that have been, uh, been planned from um, Samoa against Tonga, the World Repechage, and, and plus this week Spain versus Russia tests are obviously being cancelled. Raylene Castle, one of Australia's leading sports administrators, has now been appointed as the next CEO of Sport New Zealand, the first female in that role. Congratulations. More little steps, Berth. More glass ceilings being smashed. Yep, and it has to be New Zealand that are doing it, eh? (laughs) And in Afghanistan, in Kabul, the Women's Sevens Championship kicked off with four teams competing. The game is going... Everywhere, isn't it? And That's here so we go. Cool. I'm just sorry. I'm just going to just just get the saddle on my high horse here, and I'm just going to jump on for a second. Um, yeah, we thought the sevens might do it, grow the, the the game around the world, and and absolutely. But coming up on the rails now on this high horse, um, and going to win it by a couple of lengths. I think is 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 uh, women's rugby. You know, it is pushing it to to areas where. Women simply aren't allowed to play sport, let alone anything else. You know, if you're playing a sevens tournament in Kabul, it's just, it's just fantastic news for not just women's rugby, but but for the game of rugby. I'm off my, my yeah, high horse now. Just to, just to hear that that's happening in probably a country where people would 
would not even consider that, you know, social sport is going on. So that's incredible. More news out of the US as well, Berth. Yeah, they're going to be holding an internal game, Stars versus Stripes, on the 18th and 21st of November. And it's going to be live on Flow Rugby. That would be pretty exciting to see how those guys are going to go against each other. Yeah, absolutely. I'm sure Rob Kane, the old uh, Sarri's boss, is keen to, to have a look at his players. Yeah, I mean, it, it's great stuff, isn't it? These 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 nations not being able to, to travel and play play other teams. So sort of doing it internally, almost like internal trials. And the Six Nations, the inaugural Six Nations Player of the Year. Yeah, I think in association with Guinness, seems to be their only involvement in the women's tournament, though. Um, make of that what you will. Uh, read between the lines. It was announced... I, I was under the impression, Bertha, the Six Nations is, is still going on. Yeah, well, there's still outstanding fixtures to be played. So, And we haven't been told yet, maybe, that they're not going to be played. Obviously, Scotland versus France is due on the, what, the 6th of December, yep. I believe. So um, the other fixture yet hadn't been um, announced as rearranged. So, yeah, I think I think even with those games played, Emily Scout will still be the player of the tournament without question, but it just does, you know, why, why are we announcing it before the tournament's even finished um, or concluded? It's, it, it, I don't know. It just kind of sh- like dampens the light on it again. Yeah. Just, it just doesn't sit right. Does it? I mean, either say, you know, the, the other games are, are cancelled or, or we're doing this, that and the other with them, or you know, it, just some transparency in the communication we know the tournament's not finished, but England are back-to-back Grand Slam champions. This lady has been outstanding. The other nominations were da 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 da, but Emily Scout got you know seventy-five percent of the vote. Just yeah, yeah. treat us like adults. Treat, treat us like mature people. They didn't have a shortlist, did they? Right, again, the men what four, five player shortlist, six. I think yeah. No, no, no shortlist uh, yeah. for the women. Well, look, it, as long as, well, hopefully we never have a year like we have where we may have to rearrange fixtures or cancel fixtures. But you know, as long as we're learning from this, these experiences, um, but we have continued to talk about how we do need to separate away from just following what the men do all the time. It is useful at times, and we can learn those from it. But at the same time, like we're getting things wrong that just shouldn't be getting wrong. Yep. But look, nothing to take away from Emily Scarrett. I think everybody, as I said, she would win hands down. She's been outstanding. Critical moments within games. That France try was unbelievable. Um, but yeah, like, and not just for that, just her all-round game. Um, she thoroughly deserves that that crown. Yeah, don't uh, don't disagree. Yeah, been be fabulous. And yeah, she got the bit between her teeth towards the end of the game against you guys at the weekend and was... Uh, was on a different level. Um, she was outstanding. But you know, take absolutely nothing uh, away from her. She'll have to put some more reinforcements on her mantelpiece. But yes, look, wh- wh- why don't we get the, the head man of the, the Women's Six Nations on the pod? We've spoken about it before. Uh, we said we we're going to do that. Why don't, why don't we try to do that in the next, next uh, few weeks? Get Ivan Yabranka on the, on the pod and, and, and have a chat with him. See where everything is at. Let's finish up with some uh, shout-outs and berth. We had a follow this week and some messages were exchanged and this being one of them. Hey, thanks for the follow back. We really appreciate your page and what you represent. Keep it up for all of us, the small women's teams around the world. Thank you. You know, it's messages like this that really make it worthwhile, doesn't it, Johnny? So big shout-out to the Athens Spartans. Thank you very much. Yeah, indeed so. Um, up the Athens Spartans. Also got a follow... From Portal do Rugby down in Sao Paulo in Brazil. A very warm welcome to you guys. A very late shout out to Kilo Rugby, a community sport and social development programme with rugby for marking International Day of the Girl with rugby camps in Bangalore, Kolkata and Saraswati Port. So, Berth, let's get some um, predictions from you for the weekend. Saracens against Wasps. Wasps. Whoa! Headline news mm-hmm. by how much and why? I just think wasps will have it. I think they'll they'll have the edge over them at the weekend. Um, a big, big group of players that they're going to miss out on with the internationals coming up. 
Um, and yeah, I just think they, they might just have the edge over them. What about DMP against Exeter? Exeter. I, I just think that they're building, they're going to be feeling really confident. And unfortunately, DMP at the moment, I think they've lost a couple of players early on through injury, which are key players for them. And I think they're going to really struggle this season. Worcester against Loughborough Lightning? Loughborough Lightning. I think they've got too much strength and depth, even with um, internationals, players away. Um, you know, having said that, Worcester will want to strike back. Um, but like with the likes of Lydia not involved, um, you know, the potential of not having Laura Keats or Alex Matthews in that fold and Heather Fisher also out, it, it will make it quite a big um, ask of them. You against Sale? Harlequins, obviously. I back us. Nice. And the final game, Bristol against Gloucester Hartbury. Well, I think this will be quite an interesting one. Um, I think Bristol lose more players than, say, Gloucester Hartbury, and they'll want to right some wrongs from the weekend before. And so I think that's going to be quite an interesting game to watch at the weekend. It's a little bit more unpredictable than, than some of the others. So who are you going for? I'll go Gloucester Hartbury. Ooh, away win for Wasps and Gloucester Hartbury. You heard it here first from Rachel Burford. And, uh, of course, the big one, France against England. Oh, I'm so excited for this game. Um, I'm going to back England. Having said that, you know, I think Simon Middleton and the coaching staff will want to look at some different combinations. So depending what starting team come out of that um, squad that's been announced... Um, you know, they could be under a lot of pressure. Um, but oh, it's really hard. Look, I back England to, um, to, to win the game. I think it'll be tight as it always is. I think France are going to come out with some revenge from their last fixture and also, you know, coming really close against England on a number of occasions. They're going to want to, um, you know, start building a bit more confidence into what they are about as a side leading into this World Cup year. Got a feeling that answer is slightly more heart than head. Anyway, <laughs> so it no, I is. Think, look, England will win. England will win. Fair enough. Okay. Yeah. Just hearing now some breaking news. So apologise if the uh, previous conversations in the pod are slightly out of date regarding the Six Nations and the World Cup qualifiers. But here is the, the very, very latest news that is just coming to us now. The Six Nations games, Italy, Scotland, Wales against Scotland and France against Ireland have now been cancelled. Ben Morrill, CEO of Six Nations Rugby, said a really extremely tough decision to take only taken after explored every possible option to get these matches played is especially disappointing these cancellations come at a time when there's such positive movement around the women's game and in particular the women's six nations also just hearing from world rugby involving uh, obviously Italy uh, and Ireland and Scotland those European qualifications which are sort of put into a tournament due to take place on the 5th 12th and 19th of December have been postponed. They tried to find uh, some time early in 2021, but yeah, just to say those European qualifications for the Rugby World Cup 2021 involving Ireland, Italy and Scotland, plus the winner of that postponed Rugby Europe Women's Championship have been postponed. And of course, as soon as they're rescheduled, we will let you know here on the Women's Rugby Pod. Just uh, one other thing, Berth, that we do have to deal with. It really is I quite... I think we've run out of time, Johnny. No, no, have no. Have a great we... week. I'll speak next no, week. We definitely haven't run out of time. What's that? Oh, I've just seen to be playing the, uh, the National Anthem of New Zealand, which, of course, 85% of the poll that we did on social media said that they would like to hear you sing, as per the bet, the New Zealand National Anthem. Are you going to disappoint your millions of fans out there? I'm not singing the whole thing. So I'll sing, like, three lines. Brilliant. 
Would you like the music as well? Would you like me to do that bit or are you going to do that as well? I'm going to do that bit as well. Let me see if I've got it. Drum roll, ladies and gentlemen. Here's C. She's not a fun sponge. Let's <laughs> step back from the mic. Are you not doing the Mari bit now? Fair enough. Do you want to get to the English bit? Do you want to get to the English bit? Push it on about a quarter way through. Yeah. Here we go. Here we go. Here we go, ladies and gentlemen. Drum roll. Rachel Burford singing the New Zealand national anthem. In the bounds of love we hear our voices we entreat, God defend our freedom. Right, that's it. That's it. How about that, <laughs> ladies and gentlemen? I mean, I've got the entirety of the local dog population surrounded my uh, my study here at home. But what a sport! Well done, Berth. I know that wasn't easy. Your nemesis no, country. It you, you, you look, you appreciate um, and respect anthems, and that is one that I have loved listening to when I'm about to go into battle with them. So, cheers for that, Kendra and Stacey. You owe me big time. Yes, yeah, indeed. Good old Kendra. She's my, new, she's my new best friend. Uh, vice Captain. Vice Captain, my Captain, Vice Captain. Oh, what a great show we've had. A huge thank you to Chloe Pell, to Lydia Thompson, to Garnet McKinder. Uh, next week, who's on the pod next week, Rachel? So we're going to go a All England Red Rose guest week with Amy Cocaine and Helena Rowland to discuss England versus France. Yeah, indeed. We'll hear from one forward, one back after that trip over to France. And yeah, look, really looking forward to talking to Helena Rowland. She's uh, been in sparkling form in the, in the white and also the the, the purple of of, of, uh, of lightning. Please, please, as ever, give us a rating. Subscribe. Grab whoever's phone's nearby. Get them to subscribe as well. Uh, make sure it's five stars. But it really, really does help our end. Uh, that traction to to get various bits and pieces moving our end. So um, see you on the next one, Berth. Until next time.